really, to, to be honest, what was kind of um, keeping me going and was encouraging is after the first week, I noticed that a lot of the mouth ulcers started to, to go away and it was something that was a constant battle. Uh, for me mm-hmm. um so that that was something that i was like right okay we're, we're starting to, to get some healing and then getting into kind of the week two uh, i started to notice i was having fully formed stool now uh, it wouldn't be all but you know i was starting to get some which is something that was very rare um for me and then as, as week two came in i started to stop having those stool and got to the middle of week two and i started to go a couple of times a day which was unbelievable the the, the difference there and then actually by the end of week three so 21 days uh, I was having no longer having abdominal pain welcome to state of health podcast this is your host Jmart. on this podcast I will share my knowledge and experience as a personal trainer and health coach and talk about my interests and experiments in physical training nutrition and other lifestyle factors involved in health on this episode of the podcast I am joined by Connor also known as at Crohn's carnivore on Twitter On May 14th, 2023, Connor posted a stunning six-month progress photo in which he looked in significantly better physical condition, and he captioned it with, Carnivore saved my life. I got in contact with Connor to ask him to come on the podcast to share his life story and give more context behind the picture and the caption. Connor shared how he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at 12 years of age and all the symptoms associated with his particular case. He recounted his journey from taking steroids and immunosuppressant drugs to going vegan for five years and finally trying a carnivore diet for the last six months. I really enjoyed this conversation with Connor, particularly discussing the monumental mindset shift Connor had to undergo to switch from following a vegan diet to trying carnivore. If you know anyone with Crohn's disease who might benefit from hearing this conversation, please share this podcast with them. If you like this podcast and want to hear more from me, then head over to jmartfit.substack.com and hit subscribe. By the way, if you'd really like to help out, please rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or hit like if you're watching on YouTube. And of course, sharing with someone else who might enjoy listening also goes a long way. Okay, no further delays. Let's listen in. Hey friends and fam, it's Jmart, and today I have a new episode of State of Health, and joining me on the podcast is Connor, also known as Crohn's Carnivore, as he started a new Twitter account, and that's kind of how I uh, came across this this gentleman. It was, what is it, five days ago, May 14th, you posted your uh, transformation picture, and uh, I was stunned, and I was like, I got to talk to this guy. I sent you a message, and you gracefully accepted to speak to me. So thank you so much, and welcome to the podcast. No, it's a, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to discuss it with yourself. Yeah, man, I'm, I just I love seeing transformation uh, pictures. Whenever I see a, a crazy one posted, I always uh, try to talk to the person who's posted it and just like talk to them because it's such a crazy experience to go through. So I'd love to know more about it, obviously. Yeah. Um, so just uh, as a primer for people who don't know for, for what Crohn's disease is, it's a chronic uh, inflammatory bowel disease, and it's most commonly affecting the small and large intestine. But there is a lot of variability to the disease. So what I'd like to start off with just maybe you can tell us about the exact kind of details of your situation as starting from like when you first got diagnosed and um, mm-hmm. and kind of some of the 
other details about like the location of where it was, the severity, the progression, kind of yeah. all, all these things. So go ahead and no, take that. Um, so no worries. So I started actually to get some issues when I was 11 years old. Um, started to get quite, quite a bit of um, loose stool as it was um, and a lot of abdominal pain. And I would get a lot of kind of breakouts in my mouth, a lot of ulcers. Um, at that point, my mum was quite concerned because there was sometimes some blood uh, in the still. So I went through the, the standard testing with the NHS. Now, probably as, as you can tell with my accent, I'm Scottish. We've got the National uh, we've got the national Health Service over here. It's maybe not the, the best, but it takes a bit of time to, to go through the system. So I was officially diagnosed after a small bill MRI and a colonoscopy when I was 12 at York Hill Children's Hospital. At that point, they found uh, quite bad scarring and lesions on my small bill. And that's where predominantly the, the majority of my my issues were. Um, mm-hmm. And it was leading to quite a lot of bleeding um, there. So as a child, firstly, they try to give me um, drugs that are maybe not as as um, strong because a lot of it is immunosuppressants or steroids. And the, the medication that you get for Crohn's disease is quite quite uh, harsh on the body. So I started a, a drug called Pentasa, which was uh, to help kind of relieve some of the active inflammation. Uh, and to help with that. And I had a wee bit of stability, um, maybe for the first kind of couple of years. Um, managed to start high school, and we started that around about 12, 13, and got a couple of years there. Um, but with the drugs, I put on a lot of weight, and that, that was quite a thing, because mm-hmm. you do the drugs, maybe have some side effects there. Um, Sorry, can I cut in here? Did you take the those same drugs continuously from 11, 12, till, like you said, you were in high school? Yeah, so yeah, so from, from 12, when I first got a diagnosis, I was on Pentasa for about two years um, and then to the point where it wasn't working. So I moved on to a drug that was called Imuran, which is an immunosuppressant um, when it started mm-hmm. quite bad. And that was uh, when I was going into second year, just before I was 14. Now with that, the the problem with immunosuppressants is you are susceptible to, to catch any bug that's going on. You're, you're run down, you're quite poorly. So I didn't really have an, mm-hmm. a, a normal childhood going through high school. There was, a, there was quite a lot mm-hmm. of school being missed in the first couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. would be constantly having colonoscopies, um, small bowel MRIs, calprotect, you know, uh, blood tests, check for your stool. So some really kind of horrible things, especially at that age, you know, it's, it's quite hard to go through. Um, I was actually lucky to, to go into remission when I was about 15 um, through the drugs that I was taking. Um, the immunosuppressants... Sorry to cut you off Sorry? one more time. Um, were these symptoms... Uh, very unpredictable as to when they came on and was there a variety of symptoms and you couldn't tell which ones were going to come on when could you describe that aspect of it was there a lot of variability yeah so what what i found commonly was i'd go through kind of periods of maybe 12 weeks or so of quite severe flare-ups um and the flare-ups themselves would be you know it's almost like the whole world grounds to a halt you really can't do much you know going out with friends or even having any form of social life just wasn't an option um, I would find that firstly it would start with an increased uh, amount of blood in my stool. It would be loose stool all the time. It was something that I suffered with chronically throughout, so that never really went away. Um, sometimes uh, fifteen to twenty times a day, you know, it was it was really quite terrible. Um, I would my God. I would have a lot of kind of breakouts in my mouth. I probably went through a, a good eighteen month period of having at least four or five ulcers in my mouth. Never went away. Makes eating really difficult. Um, I would find that. You know, one one of the worst things I had quite bad abdominal pain, um, to the point where it's debilitating. You doing any form of exercise and things was was a no go throughout that that period. And then active and flare ups uh, were coming in. Even as I got older, 
you really struggle to do any form of physical activity. So yeah, mm-hmm. that. Do you have joint pain ever? Well, yeah. So you would, I would have a lot of issues with my wrists, um, a lot of shoulder pain as well, um, and just general mm-hmm. feeling of achiness around the body. Um, one of the mm-hmm. common things I would get as well is I'd get inflammation of my rib cage, which was a, um, which quite was quite quite bad, especially even as a boy when you're breathing. You know, you're thinking it's quite terrible. Um, I can. Have- I can empathize with that because I've had bruised ribs from just doing wrestling and just breathing and laughing was, was a non-starter. I couldn't like, yeah. I couldn't take deep breaths and I, and I couldn't look at anything that was funny because it was so bad. In that setting um, with myself, um, a lot of the times you're having flare-ups and see the, the disease is, is actively getting bad, but then you go into drugs like, for example, Imran, or um, when it was really bad, I would take a drug called Dalacort, which was a steroid. Now, you wouldn't be on the steroid too long term. Uh, they were very specific with that. But when you're on the steroid, for example, you get a lot of water retention in the face. You put on a lot of weight. You also get a lot of decreased appetite, um, irritability, really, to be honest. Um, a lot of people don't really touch on the psychological aspect of taking these drugs. But especially when you're going through school, you're trying to have a social life, do exams and things. Uh, it really did make things incredibly difficult. Um, so I went through a cycle really from I was 12 um, right through to I was 18 on being on drugs, having some remission, being off drugs. And it was just a constant cycle and a battle, you know, to, to try to find out what's going on. Uh, how do we how are we able to sort this um, and keep the Crohn's disease uh, in as long of a remission as we can? Mm-hmm. Now, did they have any multidisciplinary approach at the NHS when you first approached them for like, obviously drugs is one component of it. Was there also a nutritionist approach for like suggesting uh, to change the diet up? Was there also like sur- was surgery ever at, on the table for you? So as, as it got worse as I get into my 20s, that was the point we were coming to actually get into last year. But as a child, really, to be honest, they were um, reluctant to offer nutritional advice and actually there's something that I found throughout that uh, the amount of interest that the NHS take with nutrition with Crohn's disease is very limited uh, which is shocking um, really when you think about it. Um, I would say that as a child priority wise what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the disease under control as quickly as possible so usually what they'll Mm -hmm. do is that they'll opt for for drugs like um, steroids or immunosuppressants because they are known to sort the issue quite Mm -hmm. uh, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I would find sometimes during uh, a childhood I'd have rapid cycling of, of what the, the symptoms would be because sometimes I'd have terribly low stools but then I'd have chronic constipation. Um, the chronic constipation itself, to be honest, was at, it felt worse, if I'm honest, than uh, those stools. Yep. Um, but generally speaking, even out of out of a kind of remission period, I would all I would never have healthy, you know, bowel movement. It was always a bit of a a bit of a mess, unfortunately. Yeah. And one other question I had with regards to the medications, I know there's some new biologics that are kind of, what are they called? Uh, monoclonal antibodies that are supposed to be, uh, I guess, uh, at, at whatever the inflammatory chemical is, the monoclonal antibodies can bind to it and uh, stop it from causing the inflammation from the first place. Was that ever an option through the NHS? Well, so not, not discussed really in, in depth. Um, I'd really got to a stage over the last, since 2021 that um, I felt like I'd run run its course with, with the medication I'd been taking because the side effects it sometimes were just as bad as the disease. And there was a kind of feeling of, of hopelessness with that. Um, 
Sure. And really, to be honest, that's that's kind of when when you get to twenty seventeen, when when I go down the the vegan route, um, that's really when I when I started to think, is there any way potentially through nutrition or through, um, you know, natural kind of solutions, am I able to to stop, uh, the worsening of this disease or at least give myself some some relief, you know? So, it wasn't something that was mm-hmm. discussed as much. Um, really, to be honest, other than steroids and immunosuppressants and um, liquid diets, which is something um, that, that had been suggested several times and quite recently as well, uh, before mm-hmm. I, I changed diet. Um, the next step would be actually to get a bag, and that's the stage that I was getting to, um, which was mm-hmm. it was getting so severe. Yeah, that's a huge step. Yeah, in that that, that you can't like step back from. You, you can't undo once you go that route. So that's uh, uh, yeah. It's just... <laughs> A scary thing, you know. know it's um, mm-hmm. absolutely, and it's it's not just. Um, and and part of me at the time, uh, I was through a period of desperation uh, as a child, and there probably been a time where where I would have preferred that. Um, but to, mm-hmm. to be fair, the people around me, my mom and stuff, they were they were quite uh, reluctant. They really, they certainly wanted to see what what way we could use medication, and and some of the other kind of uh, things in place to to hopefully resolve the fault without that, because again. That there's a whole aspect that comes with that. Not only is is it chances for the the wound to be infected, um, which is quite common. It's obviously an uncomfortable procedure socially as a child. It's a big thing. Um, so th- there was a lot of things that that really made my family apprehensive to go down that route. Of course. Mm-hmm. Now, was 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 the mental health aspect of this where you were kind of having to deal with such a different childhood than most people was that the thing that pushed you to eventually try the vegan diet was that part of it absolutely um Mm -hmm. oh yeah there was a massive elements uh because of course i I was struggling uh, at its worst to to even go out uh, and do simple things um i i had to opt to working from home um and at the time before covid working from home jobs were quite difficult to get um, mm-hmm. And it got so bad, I actually had a three-year period without work um, because I couldn't go out. Um, if I was ever to go anywhere, I'd have a backpack with a, a spare change of uh, pants, trousers, socks. There was the whole element. So it really started to creep in a, a massive sense of anxiety around, around it. Um, and then, you know, you start to see your friends going out doing a lot of things that you couldn't do. It really does start to affect your mental health. So looking, looking at that... Um, and with how bad it was getting, I was having quite severe anxiety. I was, th- I was kind of hope. I felt like I was, it was helpless. Yeah, I was in a hopeless situation, um, and that's what kind of turned me into looking at potentially uh, natural methods and how to solve this. Mm-hmm. So, what brought the vegan diet into your radar? So, under your radar. So, funnily enough, um, and I don't know if you ever watched it when it was in 2017 at the start, and it was just recently after the, the What the Health um, series and Vimeo was put out, uh, where where he was a. Uh, and at that time, to be fair, I think the, the, the plant-based propaganda was almost at an all-time high. Just before yeah. Game Changers, it was really everywhere. Um, you started to see a lot more like soy milks and oat milks, and it was something that I, I'd never really uh, seen at all. Um, and to watch that, it was it was refreshing to for someone to say, although it wasn't, it turns out not to be accurate, that all of the issues when it comes to autoimmune conditions is purely down to meat and dairy and, and animal products. So... At that time, although it was it was in uh, it was in jest, it gave me a sense of hope that you know I maybe have control to, to be able to lead what would be a normal a normal ish life um, with this condition. So from twenty seventeen, um, I went kind of I went plant based, well vegan at the time, um, 
it would have been a, a normal standard vegan diet for for just under three years at that time. Um, and mm-hmm. what I say with that was, you would still have your your oat milk, but it would be chocolate oat milk. It would be vegan cakes. It would be everything was vegan, and I just felt that instantly made it healthy. Of course, it it didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, before you started that, were you eating a lot of meat products? No, not really. To be fair, um, the the diet in in Scotland is is one that's uh, it's not great. A lot of fried foods. Um, I think we actually have the the uh, the heart attack. Um, we're the number one for heart attacks in the whole. Uh, uh, the Western uh, Europe. So yeah, we're, we're known for having quite a poor diet. So I grew up with a lot of bread, uh, a lot of carbohydrates, uh, pastas, um, chips, like we usually call fries on every. Sure. Um, and really, to be honest, one thing that I would say, although I had a loving family, nutrition wasn't something that was uh, was focused on at all. There was always fizzy drinks. There was always, the cupboard was full with um, chocolate crisps. Um, so I had a pretty poor diet. Um, as a child mm-hmm. um, but whilst I was going through the treatment for Crohn's disease there was an emphasis to make sure I was getting uh, fruit and veg so I would have the other stuff mm-hmm. that wasn't great as well as mm-hmm. fruit and veg mm-hmm. okay so quite the uh, change from first kind of like not even thinking about diet then thinking about it by just adding the good stuff but not really changing anything else and then now you're just starting the elimination route where you're just getting rid of all meat products yeah but still not really focusing on like the most healthy uh, uh sources of vegetables or vegetable protein and then that's when you uh, after the first two to three years you you tr- tr- transition to a more kind of a Whole foods, uh, plant-based uh, approach. Is that right? Yeah. So what I found, um, as as I was kind of getting to the end of the the kind of three-year period, uh, getting close to that, um, I I became a bit more health conscious. Maybe three months before I, I transitioned completely over to whole foods, and I started up uptake the the greens uh, and the fruit. At that time, the mm-hmm. the symptoms did did become worse. I was having a lot of salads and things. Um, and I was thinking, right, that's my body telling me that I'm eating the good stuff. It must be all this other bad stuff, like the processed carbohydrates and the sugar that was causing mm-hmm. uh, the issue. Uh, and at that time, my wife went down the rabbit hole looking at whole food, plant-based. Um, I watched a lot of things with Caldwell Esselstyn, uh, Dr. Claper, um, all of the kind of main um, vegan doctors who, who promote whole foods, um, you know, totally plant-based, and they try to eliminate things like seed oils, refined carbohydrates and sugars. Um, so... I, I really at the start of COVID and things, I, I was already kind of, uh, well, it was quite bad 2021. I was really in a, uh, a period of right organic produce as best I can, um, mm-hmm. making sure that I was eating things like brown rice as opposed to, to white rice. It was um, spelt flour before making bread and things. Um, mm-hmm. It was, I would have uh, chickpeas and just, you know, general, but everything that we, we bought, it was not prepackaged. It was all whole foods. It was all organic. And we made a, a massive effort to, to really try to clean up our diet as best we could. Did you ever try any of the uh, soaking and sprouting techniques that vegans uh, talk about? Yeah, so actually on on um, Jane Esselstyn's uh, YouTube channel, she has one there. Um, we came, we really came into seeing her videos in the middle of, of 2021 after looking at the, the... I like to watch some of the lectures and things, the TED Talks, all of the stuff there that gives you a lot of the information. Um, so we started to just get as many recipes as we could online. Um looked at sprout, sprouted um, grains and things to make them a wee bit easier for you to, to eat. Um, and don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, uh, certainly they are easier to digest in the, in the most part, um, 100%. So we had, we'd focused on that, um, things like uh, 
we're trying to grow some of our own sprouts, like uh, broccoli sprouts and things, mm-hmm. because obviously the, the vitamins there are so much superior to, to just normal. Um, mm-hmm. So we had we, we made a, a big effort there to try to do it as best we could. Nah. So what was the impact of first switching to the vegan diet that wasn't very health conscious? And then how did the, the health conscious aspect of that change uh, in, impact on, on, on your symptoms? And then also... Tell me a little bit about like what were the proteins you were focusing on when you were when you were uh, having like eating a, a vegan diet. Well, so um, as a whole food plant based, the, the protein um, that was something that I'd struggled with quite a bit because prior to that I was using things like uh, mock meat, and I don't know if you guys have brands like Linda McCartney's vegan sausages and things. They were like soy and pea protein, um, mm-hmm. so I would I would opt for them. My first kind of two years, I'd have like what would be normal dishes, but with a meat replacement. Um, Sure. And although I didn't feel great, I was getting more protein. As I went into the um, the whole food plant base, I lost some weight. Certainly, cutting out the refined carbohydrates and the sugar, I lost some weight. Um, and generally speaking, at the start for the first period, I felt better. You know, not massively. I still had symptoms of my Crohn's disease, but generally, cutting out refined sugar and things, you feel a little bit more clarity mentally. Uh, my skin was better. Um, when it came to uh, protein, it was something that, that I struggled with. Um, quite mm-hmm. quite severely and actually when I was working with nutritionists it was something we tried to focus on quite a bit um, originally I was trying to get that through nuts um, but I was suffering from quite bad um, fat malabsorption it was something that was quite mm-hmm. that was really bad at the time so nuts became a, a massive issue for me uh, things like quinoa uh, and things I, I could tolerate a couple of times a week but any more than that I was really starting to have quite severe flare-ups my skin would break out um, so near the end, really, uh, of the two years, the main kind of source of protein I was getting was chickpeas, but I would have to have them in hummus form. Um, it just mm-hmm. made it that little bit easier for me because when I was just having the chickpeas, I don't know whether it was the skin, the bean or something, but it was just causing um, quite a lot of pain uh, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, um, I never met my daily protein requirements during that, that kind of two-year period, uh, and it was hard for me to do so with... Um, looked at some things like, for example, a hemp protein powder. I tried that, mm-hmm. but the I was getting a lot of flatulence with that, a lot of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, it did, it, I've tried that one too, and then same thing for me. Yeah, and it was, it was and you know, and um, I didn't mind. A lot of people said the taste was was bad. I was like, you just put a wee bit, and I was just you know getting getting it over and done with with some soy milk. Uh, probably not a good combination between the two. <laughs> um, but you know, soy milk was was a way where. Uh, it was really the only milk that I was having. Oat milk kind of flared me up a wee bit, although uh, rolled oats flared me up less, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But near the end, uh, it really was a, a constant struggle to be getting my protein. So then I guess the natural transition is, what was the first time you heard about carnivore? And how did you come across that? And why did you decide you'd want to try it? Well, so... When I first heard about it, um, it was actually on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I think that's the the reality for a lot of people. Uh, it was with sure. Dr. Baker. Uh, I'd watched yep. that. And, Sean Baker. And yep, Sean Baker. And at that time, um, I was still in my whole food plant based. Um, I thought I thought he was crazy. I thought he was he's in a one way ticket to colon cancer. He's uh, he's going to have a heart attack. All of these things because again, when you're in the the vegan. Um, diet for that long a lot of the the stuff you'd see was pro-vegan I still believe a lot of the the, the dogma that, that was there so 
Uh, and funnily at that time as well, um, when I went whole food plant-based, I went through what was quite a severe um, flare-up where I was losing a lot of blood um, through through my backpack passage there. And actually, I went through a six-month period where I was convinced I had colon cancer and it was being min- uh, missed. So I had calprotect, I had some calprotectin tests, I had I had everything that you could name, but there was that there was such a deep-rooted anxiety that something's not right I'm bleeding more than most that it was debilitating and I lost that six months period of my life with constant anxiety um with that so at that time when I seen um what what, uh, Sean Baker was doing I just thought my goodness he I'm sitting here worried about this and this guy's promoting something that that's known to cause colon cancer um and I probably thought at the time I had had a really negative uh response to it I thought that's ridiculous why is Joe Rogan having someone on here even promoting something like this so um yeah i i was quite shocked at that now getting to the the period um when i was i was starting to like wait what's going on here i need to uh change something i'd actually kind of been seeing a couple of things um online in regards to jordan peterson's daughter um and how she mm-hmm. she was able to sort her autoimmune condition um with with going on the lion diet um sure and through and through one of her videos she was discussing it with um and i can't remember who it was uh, discussing that the the science behind uh, why meat causes colon cancer etc really was was very very uh, weak, and in actual yeah. fact when you look at when you look at the the science it doesn't say that at all, um, and it's such mm-hmm. a such a weak link. So at that time I was still um, still whole food plant based, but it made me kind of go hmm that that's a little bit interesting. And then I I kind of kept on looking at the things with the lion diet and I see that others people with, with colitis and, and IBD and Crohn's disease are having a lot of relief. And when they're describing their symptoms beforehand, it was the exact same symptoms that I was having. Um, eating mm-hmm. probably uh, similar diets. A lot of these guys were ex-vegans as well. Um, and, I, and I was like, I, I don't know if I owe this to myself to maybe add a little bit more protein, but I still want to keep the veggies. I still want to keep the fruit for that first period. Um, and so I slowly started introducing some red meat into my diet after five years, which was a, which was a bit of a, a, a big, a big kind of change with everything there. Um, so yeah, and then we get to, was that hard on your, on your system the first time you introduced it? So yeah, the first, the first kind of couple of, couple of times I ate it was still with the, the vegetables. I was having quite a lot of, um, like reflux almost. Um, I found it was quite mm-hmm. difficult. The reason for that that I discovered is because of the foods that I was eating, I probably had such low stomach acid. Um, so mm-hmm. from looking at some things online, um, I'd seen that ox bile was a good supplement to take. Um, so I started when I decided that I was going to eat more meat and try to cut down a wee bit in the vegetables to see how I feel, started supplementing uh, ox bile. So I did that with the veggies for the first couple of weeks. And then when I went uh, pure just meat, it was for the first week that I was on the carnivore diet that I used ox bile supplementation. I'm not familiar with that one. It's ox bale with a B? Uh, bile, so B-I-L-E. Oh, bile. Bile, yeah. Bile, ox, oh, box, ox bile. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that. Okay, cool. So, so uh, funnily enough, it's, it's, a, it's a supplement that is used. A lot of uh, women who've had their gallbladder removed have to take it because their body mm-hmm. doesn't secrete then enough bile to digest their food. Um, but because I was coming from being on a, a vegan diet for so long and I hadn't ate, ate any meat for that long, um, my body was just struggling initially with with the digestion Mm -hmm. because it was such a change um yeah how long did it take about a how long did it take before you you were kind of able to i guess produce enough acid to be able to digest so 
so when I first introduced meat, I did it with vegetables for two weeks off. So I didn't include that as in being on a carnivore diet. It was a slowly progressing. But during that time, um, I was still researching. So I did a kind of two weeks course on that. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to try this here. I feel after two weeks, and if I feel okay, I'm going to try it for a month. And the, the, this was only meant to be thirty days to see how I felt. Um, and this was for January. Um, so once I went full carnivore, I only took it for one further week, and that would have been three weeks in total that, that I had used ox bile supplementation. Um, and after the the first week, I thought I'm going to try a couple of days to see how I feel. Um, and I've never had to take it since. My body's adapted very well. Beautiful. Now, how hard was it to actually go strict carnivore? So personally, before you answer. I thought I'd try it. I've never had any issues with eating vegetables or, you know, just every once in a while, maybe I'll have bowel issues, but, but I thought it'd be interesting to try. And after one day of sticking to it strictly, just seeing all the food that I was not allowed to eat, that played a really big mental trick on me that I was like, I don't have the health issues to force me to want to do this. So I stopped after one day. Was it kind of like that for you because you had so much issues that you had to mentally deal with with the other thing? It was worth it to try? Yeah, so when when I'd kind of opted to do it, I, I was in a, a, des- a, a state of desperation. You know, I, I just had the previous six months um, convinced that, that I had, again, colon cancer. Um, t- then I had the, the small bill MRI and the colonoscopy at the tail end of, of 2022 that that um, confirmed that I had active disease, really bad active flare-up, um, and had a lot of scarring. So at that time, I, you know, as much as, um, you know, you'd be missing out on a lot of the carbohydrates and the fruit, and the fruit was maybe the hardest thing for me because I wasn't getting any any refined sugar, but I was eating a lot of fruit um, prior to this. Um, I just knew that I need to give it a chance. You know, 30 days, I was I was so desperate to, to have any sort of relief um, that, that it was not too bad. Um, I found that the... The hardest thing for me, actually, is I used to eat a lot of dates. Uh, dates are still, to this day, probably my favourite food ever. Uh, I've not had any now for <laughs> since January. I, I'll never have them again. But um, mm-hmm. I, 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 um, I found that that was difficult, especially the first kind of the first few weeks. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, you, you'd you'd sometimes get in after a hard day, and you're thinking oh, a date would be great. You know, it would be, be a lot of things mm-hmm. there. But really, to, to be honest, what was kind of um, keeping me going and was encouraging is after the first week, I noticed that a lot of the mouth ulcers started to, to go away and it was something that was a constant battle uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was something that I was like, right, okay, we're, we're starting to, to get some healing. And then getting into kind of week two, uh, I started to notice that I was having fully formed stool. Now, uh, it wouldn't be all, but you know, I was starting to get some, which is something that was very rare. Um, for me and then as, as week two came in I started to stop having loose stool and got to the middle of week two and I started to go a couple of times a day which was unbelievable the the, the difference there and then actually by the end of week three so 21 days uh, I was having no longer having abdominal pain um, I was having a steady kind of one bowel movement either once a day or, every, or once every two days which was unbelievable that was a, an absolute holiday for me um, and most importantly I wasn't losing any blood from, from my backpack yeah. passage which was a uh, which unfortunately Amazing. was a constant a constant thing at that time mm-hmm. so it's like you have to convince yourself that it's worth it to try for a short period of time yeah. a month let's say like i'm just gonna do it for a month like i can stop right after and then 
during that month as the positive impacts start to like accumulate and you see the changes you're like this is totally worth it yeah why wouldn't i keep doing this well absolutely and it was um so at that time you know prior to to when uh, i started doing this and so that, that i meant i'd meant to mention um and in, in, in 2022 and we're getting to the end there so in september i, I seen my gastroenterologist um and things were quite bad i was having a lot of fluctuation with weight um and i really was struggling to, to absorb any food i was having a lot of undigested food in my stool um because things were just were just going so so down so they had actually suggesting that i would I do a 12-week liquid diet with pea protein shakes. The problem with that is, firstly, it's, there's, there is no nutritional value in that. It's oil and pea protein. There was nothing to it and some sugar. And two, um, at that point, the, the next step from that, as they discussed, was, was going on the back. And I, I realized that what was going to happen was I was going to have the, these shakes. It was all it was meant to do was to help me maintain a bit of weight. They were saying it was going to rest my bills, but with the the pea protein that already caused me issues, I knew the next step would be they were going to they were going to put the bag in, and that terrified me. Absolutely, you know, mm. twenty six at the time. Um, you're thinking that that could be the rest of your life, really looking pretty. You know, you if you ever want to go to the beach or or, do, or go on holiday, that there's that aspect there. Uh, obviously, being intimate with your partner, that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, the quality of life is going to take a nosedive once you go that route. Absolutely. And that's so for me at that time, um, I was kind of looking into to anything. Um and and you know, firstly I'd actually looked into a fruitarian uh diet. This is I was that desperate, I was looking at everything you could name it. Um but again I seen a lot of um people who are who have Crohn's disease and they struggled with high levels of fruit and actually Something that I noticed myself, I couldn't really do oranges or, or tangerines or anything like that. It would cause me a lot of pain. So my go-to fruits at that time was uh, apples, banana, um, and dates, really. And I, I would kind of circle around them. Um, so I knew that mm. if I was to go on a, a fruitarian diet, pretty limited, you know. Um, and likely then, um, it wouldn't it wouldn't have uh, been great. It wouldn't have lasted long. So when I got to the stage of attempting the carnivore diet, I knew that it was try this. Uh, what's the worst that happens? It's certainly going to be better than what the alternative, what the NHS wanted me to do, was, which is a liquid diet, and then uh, stole my bag. Mm-hmm. Now, so when you tried the carnivore diet, how did you structure it, and what were the resources you used for uh, coming up with your plan? So, so really, originally, um, I didn't want to add in any dairy or anything like that. I had not had dairy for a long time. Um, and I know that a lot of people struggle with dairy. I didn't want to give myself any chance to fail here. So I went beef, salt, some water. Um, and that was basically for the first kind of three weeks or so um, with some limited egg, a little bit in between. Um, what I'd really kind of tend to go for was uh, 12% or maybe even 20% uh, mince and put them in a burger patty form. I was told that a lot of high fat would be good. Uh, I was frightening tallow at that time quite a bit uh, because I hadn't introduced dairy. Um, I would have some ribeyes. Ribeyes my go-to steak, um, just purely for the calories and the, the fat content. It makes sense. Um, and just water, uh, whether it be sparkling or otherwise. And really, to be mm-hmm. honest, the the a lot of the content that I was kind of binging here was like um, Sean Baker, um, Anthony Chafee. The what his long video on why humans are are carnivores was something that started to really turn come my mind to go maybe you know this is this is the correct diet for us uh, and then obviously uh sean baker's stuff he was a uh, first person to even mention the carnivore diet for me there so started to kind of binge watch all of their older content um, and try to kind of 
dampened down a lot of my anxieties and a lot of the, the dogma I'd been taught um, over that kind of first month period. Mm-hmm. Was that, what was the, this is maybe a bit of a side note question, but the kind of mental transformation from letting go of some of the uh, beliefs you had about the vegan diet and, and what, what was it, what was that like? difficult really difficult and in fact a lot of it was um anxiety inducing uh, when you start to look at the when you start to look at the the, the studies and how they're quite shoddy in regards to the epidemiology um and a lot of the things that you're seeing here it was almost like information overload i just spent five years being convinced that although my body wasn't responding this was the the ultimate diet for humans were meant to be herbivores um there was there was a lot of things that it really, you you try you try to kind of confound your beliefs when when you're in in vegan uh, when you're in the kind of vegan community. You follow a lot of vegan uh, pages, and you're getting a lot of this information um, all the time. You're you're kind of feeding it. So one of the biggest uh, challenges really for myself was uh, to get getting past the idea of meat causing cancer, um, because even then when I seen it was a bit of a shoddy research, you still had that kind of anxiety in the back of your mind, like what if that's you know what? What if mm-hmm. it still could be a risk? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the the idea of eating animals again, um, because there's a there's an emotional aspect to to veganism, one hundred percent. And when you look at you know look at cows and where I stay, I'm fortunate enough to have a field right across from me. I see them from their 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 face at their calves. You know they run about like dogs. And I'd all I've often made comment to my wife as we'd walk past as vegans, uh, or drive past, um, that how could anybody eat these animals? They're, they're like dogs. I wouldn't eat my dogs, you know? So there was a lot, there was a lot of things here that, that really I had to, um, that I had to overcome. And ultimately the, the tools that I took to overcome that is to, to look at nature in itself. As much as mm-hmm. um, we don't enjoy the idea of, of ending a life for food, and I don't think anybody who, who does this enjoys that, ultimately mm-hmm. it's, it's a natural thing. And it's, whether or not we like it, that's humans became humans because they started eating meat. And once I started to really look into the science and everything there, it was undeniable that we are meant to eat meat. Right. Right. So the uh, the meat causing cancer, yeah. observational studies that aren't fully, uh, not only are they not, um, rep- um, what's it called when you, re- repeatable, but also they're based on, you know, faulty uh you know, survey methods of asking people what they've been eating, trying to remember them, re- remember all this information and filling out a survey. It's, yeah. There's going to be a lot of confounding factors as well as uh, data that's incomplete and inaccurate. Well, so, yeah. And, and the thing is, as well, when, when you look at it, it's, um, it's common knowledge to everyone, isn't it? Uh, red meat causes cancer. You know, uh, my wife works in education um, and when you look at the, they go through like e-learnings every year and the, the local council yep. um, do not provide red meat into it because of the link with, with colon cancer. And we were actually, mm-hmm. fun enough, we went through the e-learning last month and obviously for the last five years, my wife's been not thinking anything of it. Oh, that's common knowledge. And it actually annoyed me. You know, I was reading that going, like, these kids are, are, are no longer getting this, this nutritious food, the most nutritious food that they could have because of shoddy, mm-hmm. shoddy research that's been pushed as common knowledge mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think that was one of the hardest aspects um one of the one of the other kind of things that that really kind of um didn't affect me was the, the climate change uh, argument something that i was never too 
when say too bothered about. I think there is a lot of kind of devastation in regards to what we do with the oceans and things. It's undeniable. Um, but that's something that, that I'm seeing just now with backlash from even posting my own thing online. Uh, a lot of climate change things that have been brought up. So I know a lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are ex-vegans who then transition on this. That's still an aspect that, that they struggle with psychologically. But I've been fortunate that, that I was never um, really affected too much with the anxiety with that. Right. So, yeah, the idea that uh, cow burps, because they're burping a lot of <laughs> methane, they're adding a lot of greenhouse gases to the environment, which is uh, causing the, whatever the oceans to boil or whatever, uh, pick your uh, climate catastrophe, uh, yeah, whatever's happening like today, right? Like if it's a big snowstorm, the climate catastrophe is it's too cold. If it's uh, really hot, it's too hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's always, but um, yeah, they, they don't consider the fact that this is a biogenic uh, expulsion of, of methane that's been going on for, for millennia. It's part of a natural cycle. One aspect about methane that doesn't get mentioned quite enough is while it's a stronger, it has a stronger greenhouse gas effect, which is what people, why say, they say it's a lot worse than carbon dioxide, it also has a much lower half-life. So it, whilst it's in the atmosphere, it breaks down significantly, like orders of magnitude faster before it okay. gets recycled back. Well, but that's a side note. We don't have to talk about that no, too much. I think it's interesting. I think one of the one of the big things that, that's helped me as well is when you look at human evolution as a whole um, and, and how we, we became human, really. Um, that for me was like, right, okay. So if, if we didn't start to eat meat, you know, Prior to that, we would have never developed this brain, uh, and that helped me dispel a lot of the the vegan propaganda. Everyone's seen these pictures where it's the picture of all the different teeth. You go, well, like, mm-hmm. our teeth are like this and like that. Um, but what I think mm-hmm. the big thing they miss is uh, our our carnivorous evolution was uh, the brain, wasn't it? We we started to become intelligent enough to use tools rather than mm-hmm. fangs, and that was something that I'd never seen from the other aspect. I just believe, well, we've got teeth like a like a horse. What does a horse eat? Mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. Um, but mm-hmm. the more that I've actually kind of um, tried to educate myself in that, the more the vegan argument becomes really quite quite weak, in my opinion. I, I agree on all, all what you're saying. Uh, to me, the the hardest one to overcome is is the emotional one that you were talking about. Like yes. when you see the uh, animal and you you know you feel a connection with it. I definitely have uh, seen cows at a farm from where I buy meat from and been like these are majestic animals yeah and i i feel a maybe a sense of love you could say for them absolutely <laughs> uh, but um well it's it's the same feeling that if if for example uh you had a farm and you, you raised a calf uh, and you you had that there you'd feel a similar attachment to that than you would a dog if, if you were to treat it like that and i think that's that's very much a human thing um mm-hmm. we we start to uh develop emotions even even to different animals don't we and it's it's hard to get past that um and even now you know it's i try to make sure that the, the food that i'm eating is uh the best quality that the animal lives grass-fed and, and we're lucky in scotland that's really the standard um here but you Perfect. know pasture raised um, eggs are, are the only only type that i would go for purely because i don't support factory farming in any way shape or form i think that a lot of the things, a lot of the points that vegans make up about how these animals are treated is correct, one hundred percent. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. They bring up amazing points. Yeah. Just the solution that they have is uh, different than what I would try. <laughs> yeah, and of course, and I, and I think it's important for for people to be champion animal rights. Uh, I don't think that these animals should be hauled up in these trucks uh, as they are and, and sent off. I think that if we 
if we kind of change how, how we look at food uh, and nutrition and we try to make sure that we have uh, regenerative kind of farming. If, if things like people are trying to push for, you see it in America and in places quite a lot, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's how we sort this issue, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe just sticking on this point, one a little bit longer, Nothing. is having gratitude like expressing gratitude for the animal is that is that the way you you overcome the anxiety of having taken its life yeah yeah i think so um really to be honest i, I always said even even as a vegan that if someone was to eat meat you would rather someone did it in in the in the fashion like if they were to hunt the animal as a wild animal it's living a normal life and, and it dies in a quick fashion and the whole head to tail is yours the, the body's not discarded the majority i think you put respect into mm-hmm. what's happened uh, with with the animal, mm-hmm. you've you've killed a living being, uh, and you're doing it for a purpose. Let's make sure the purpose is to use all of the animal or as most that we can. Uh, in Scotland, hunting's not really a thing unless you get licensed. We don't have guns or anything here. Um, so mm-hmm. I opt for grass fed. Um, proper, you know, I, I try to get it from from good sources. Um, local mm-hmm. farm for me is fantastic for for their, their mm-hmm. organic ribeyes and things. But yeah, I think so, and, and having that gratitude as well that. You know, for me, um, I'm getting my health back from eating uh, beef, especially. Uh, and I've not had this health since I've been 12 years old, uh, especially on a consistent basis. I've never felt like this. Um, mm-hmm. And and really, to be honest, I owe that to the fact that I'm getting I'm getting a proper food source from these fantastic animals. And if you ask my mm-hmm. wife, even two years ago, my favourite animal is a cow. Uh, they always mm-hmm. have been. I, I see them all the time. And I've even got more, more love for them because, you know, it's because of them that I, I'm starting to feel human, you know. Yeah, they've healed you. That's amazing. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm totally behind using the animal nose to tail, use the the fat, you know, render it to tallow. Yeah. Use the bones, make make um broth, use use the organs, eat the organs. Do you eat organs, organ meats? Yeah, so I try so I've, I've had some uh, some liver. Uh still an acquired taste, I'll be honest. Um so <laughs> I, I don't sup- I don't supplement much when it comes to to uh, or, and also I, i'd seen a couple of things that eating a lot of liver that actually could be problematic and um, you don't want to go a little bit overboard so i'll try it i do have some um some liver and heart supplementation as well that if i i'm really struggling for a week i'll take one or two uh, in the course mm-hmm. of that but i try to especially because there's a lot of important nutrients there um i'm trying to now kind of look into eating maybe some tripe and things from the animal i've seen there's a lot of digestive kind of benefits of doing that um, mm-hmm. trying to get my wife on board a little bit with that is harder. She's a bit like, oh, I'm just sticking to what I'm doing just now. But um, yeah, a hundred percent. We we try to use as much as we can. Oxtail and things is something that that's that you know it's it's a benefit. Yeah, cool. And so, have you tried reintroducing fruit or anything besides meat at this point? Or what about honey? So not not tried not tried either. Uh, to be honest, there's, there's a bit of apprehension. In my part, sure. um, I'm thinking that I'm having such a good stint here without any symptoms. That I'm a bit like, right, um, you know, I I'm not looking looking to change that at the minute. Now, sure. I'm also not completely convinced when it comes to fructose. Um, there's a lot of kind of varying. You know, you can I've watched Ken Berry and, and Carnivore MD have discussions, and I leave that scratch mm-hmm. my head going, the two of them make some mm-hmm. great points. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do, um, but mm-hmm. if I'm honest, I, I would say that as it stands just now, if I could just do what I'm doing and be symptom free, I, I wouldn't do that. Now, don't get me wrong, in, a, in an ideal world, if I could eat some some dates again or maybe some honey uh, mm-hmm. and not have any issues, um, 
and it's not going to cause me any metabolic issues as well, that would be great. But it's not something that I'm overly, you know, focused on. Now, would sure, you, would sure. you like me if to it... put a different light on? Am I getting too dark for you here? Uh, yeah, sure. Put it on. No, no big deal. No worries. I was two wee seconds. Hold on. <laughs> the last thing that I want to talk about is, uh, like, in the picture that you posted, which is the whole reason why we're talking, it was a six-month yeah. transformation where you look jacked <laughs> in the new picture and you look nowhere near, near that in the first one. So tell me a little bit about your training routine. So actually for the, for the last kind of six months of me being on the whole food plant-based diet, um, I've been doing very, very much similar. I'd seen a lot of kind of things where doing a lot of exercise was beneficial to, to Crohn's disease. Uh, and to be honest, I would say with the pictures, it's a flattering angle. Um, as sure as you can see me just now, uh, it's a good angle and I'm tensing in one. Um, but sure, I I had been doing a lot of uh, DDP yoga, and I'd be doing that actually consistently for maybe a year prior. Um, really just get myself moving, and it was a lot of kind of working out that I could do in the house. Uh, and during that time, mm-hmm. I also bought um a, a calisthenics rig, so it's called a pull up mate. Um, because yeah. the the form of exercise that I have to do was in the house when it was quite bad. I wasn't going out and doing it too much. Uh, I would try to swim as much as I could if I wasn't in a flare up. When you're on the flare up swimming's and they'll go, you know. Um yeah. so I've been doing I've been doing much the same. I think the, the big difference from 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 going to the, the calendar diet is my energy and the recovery. Um because I was struggling to get a lot of protein, um I was uh, getting through workouts, I was doing the bare minimum uh, in regards to I was doing the same sets, but the energy levels and things were, were dipping. I wasn't getting a lot of uh, nutrition. Now between those two pictures, would you believe I'm actually about kind of uh, a good maybe half a stone lighter in the mm-hmm. in the, the picture on the right so I, i've kind of leaned up quite a bit um nice. and, and see myself build up build significant muscle um from from being vegan uh going right through i was using a lot of resistance bands when i was doing the, the, the body weight training i was still struggling to 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 get myself going within kind of the first month of doing uh the carnival diet the resistance bands were put in the cupboards and I've able, i was able to do the full pull-ups uh, with my full body i just felt physically stronger um mm-hmm. a lot of people were uh, were shocked at, at the difference but when i say that i've not taken a day off from january i do i do it every day and actually from from february um when when my symptoms started to see that i actually was swimming every day um and that actually only stopped um last month when i started to run instead because my wife signed us up for a marathon so it has been a lot of consistent training um eating mm-hmm. quite a bit but it's a flattering picture uh, and it's a good angle. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, don't be too humble, man. It, it's a, it's an awesome picture and it, I'm glad to see, to hear that you're, you're also stronger. You're, you're able to do pull-ups. How many pull-ups can you do in a row? So at the minute I'm doing, so I do uh, four sets of eight, but the most I've done is about... Four eight. sets of eight. So That's good, man. Beforehand, to be fair, I, I was using the resistance band uh, and I was doing a lot of, but I try to do kind of slower. So I like to go up, lower it down, hold it for 10 seconds, try to get my head around the thing. So... I do quite well. When it comes to press-ups, I'm doing about 100 press-ups on, on the rig, so I do some inverted, both decline, incline, and on, on the, the grips. Um, I do a lot of dips, uh, and it's just, it's just a lot of things like that. I've not lifted any weights uh, at all, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is I want to kind of feel, get myself stronger doing bodyweight stuff first and, and really see how my joints feel, because I had that period yeah. where I was getting a lot of kind of joint pain. Um, and, and to be honest, the back, I, I was shocked because I posted that... Um, Really, beforehand it was a it was a personal Twitter page, and I'd actually just just started it, and it was more so for uh, 
for a couple of my friends, it was for football and, you know, just to document. I didn't really want to do it on Instagram or Facebook because more people would see it. Um, so I was like, this is a place where no one really knows me too much. Um, and, then, and then it gets shared by uh, Sean Baker and uh, Dr. Ken Berry. And I was like, right, it's, it, it blew up quite fast. Uh, and I was a bit shocked. And I just finished work and uh, I'd noticed that uh, and I, uh, Sean Baker had retweeted it. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a bit crazy. Um, <laughs> it, it, it went, it went uh, pretty much uh, uh, crazy from that point. Uh, and one of the funny things, to be fair, was the amount of accusations from, from steroids <laughs> that I got. Uh, and at first I was confused. I was a bit like, that's, that's just mad. But then I, I'm, I'm laughing about it now. A few guys are like, listen, don't worry. And, I, and then, to be fair, a couple of guys commented quite funny, saying if, that's, if he's on steroids, he should be asking for a refund. I thought that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But no, it's um, it it had been interesting, and at the time I had ten followers, um, as we say, five days ago, um, mm-hmm. and in no way, shape, or form did did I did I want to kind of, uh, you know, be, be be using Twitter for that, other than to go, if I, a couple of people with Crohn's disease that that are, really it was more so for my for my benefit. I wanted to see people who had been doing it longer, and to, to mm-hmm. really pick their head, pick their kind of heads. But how how are you going so far? Because haven't been doing well for five months is great, but I want to see there's people that are doing two or three years just to get a bit of hope to say, this is not just short term and I'm going to feel crappy in, in, in a few months' time because that's, of course, the fear always um, that you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have uh, a bit of a, a relapse. But then from doing this and connecting to people who have been doing this far longer than me, uh, I'm more mm-hmm. confident that this should, if I continue to what, doing what I'm doing, that I should have relief long term. Um, the, the interesting backlash from this was... Uh, a lot of vegan uh, pages. One of them, lifting vegan logic or something. I'm not not entirely sure. He took it, he took big exception to what I was saying. Um, he mm-hmm. suffers from Crohn's disease as well, and he goes in and out of remission, uh, as he was saying in his posts. To me, that that's that's uh, that shows you that what he's doing dietary isn't helping him as much. The whole point is to stay in remission. But um, mm-hmm. he also posted pictures of himself beforehand, and he's a big guy. You know, he, he looks great. Um, and I had a lot of uh, vegan uh, weightlifters quote tweeting it and saying, uh, and I never said you couldn't build muscle as a vegan. I just I struggled because I couldn't take the protein. Uh, sure. But that was that was certainly a, an interesting um, aspect. And then to be mm-hmm. fair, I was then encouraged to post a picture of my wife, um, who similarly had a had a journey as well. Whereas she, when we were whole food plant based, she wasn't as strict as I was because she didn't need mm-hmm. to be. She could have refined sure. carbohydrates and sugar. She didn't have any kind of issues when it came to gastrointestinal. Um, but after the first month of me doing that and her try- and her looking at the st- same stuff I was looking at, Ken Berry, Sean mm-hmm. Baker, uh, Anthony Chaffey, she was like, I want to try this and uh, see how I do it. Yeah. And to be fair, her, her difference has been absolutely astounding. Um, she, yeah. she She's such a hard worker. Uh, she does more than me when we go run she's in front of me when we're swimming she's she's an athlete and she's picked up so quickly that um it shocks me you know she slows down for me when we're running and stuff but that's awesome man you gotta keep her yeah 100 percent. you know she really has taken over the the cooking uh, i do some of the i do my morning uh breakfast but mm-hmm. um she really had to kind of change her uh her whole uh, cooking skills because she was very much mm-hmm. good at making whole food plant-based dishes some it was absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic culinary works are you know making cakes with no refined sugar and no flowers or anything 
to to now making steak, eggs, be, you know, mince. Um, and she was actually vegetarian a little bit longer than before we went vegan. So she's had quite an adaptation to it. Mm-hmm. But no, she she's done fantastic with that. Yeah, man, her pictures that I've seen them posted as well, and her transformation is quite drastic as well and amazing to see. And it sounds like she's just a very super supportive person, which is an amazing thing to have, especially like I always, when I break down my uh, um, framework for how I see health, one of the key components that we need to focus on for achieving great health is having healthy social connections as those connections help keep disease away and yeah. something I've been talking about more recently and it sounds like this social connect this connection that you have with your wife is someone who's like helping promote health in you and helping you go in the right direction and without her maybe you wouldn't have been as successful or gotten there as quickly yeah no absolutely I think even even during the times where um you know the last two year period where I was having active flare-ups it was herself that was pushing me to try to do some exercise trying to make sure we're making better choices because as many times even as a, a whole food plant-based vegan, when, when you're seeing this is not working, you're thinking, well, what's the point? You know, what is the point in me eating mm-hmm. uh, brown rice with some, some vegetables that are fried in water because we didn't use any oil? And of course, we didn't use any animal products. So it was either vegetable stock or we were frying things in water. Um, and mm-hmm. it was a whole it was a whole um, situation with that. But she really kept things going. And, and it, to be fair, it was her that was taking me to the appointments. It was her that was... Uh, helping me when, when I, I had a lot of fatigue. And if you see that that first picture, I looked not well. Um, you know, when you look at how I was in December, I my face was swollen uh, still. Uh, my hair was very thin. And that was another mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed, that I feel my hair's thicker um, since I started reintroducing animal protein especially. Um, and she had to be a massive support. And one of the things that, that a lot of people maybe don't want to touch on when it comes to Crohn's and active flare-up is very low libido. You know, there was, mm-hmm. there was when you're in a flare-up for months at a time, there's that months at a time of that period there where there isn't a lot of kind of relations. Um, mm-hmm. And she was fantastic in understanding through it all and never once made me feel bad, always always very kind of loving and encouraging. And really, to be honest, um, it's her that's helped me be a success to go on to do this diet as well. Um, I wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to do it without her. Oh, that's amazing, man. That's a beautiful place to finish off this podcast man thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story it was uh, great to talk to you no andrew i appreciate the opportunity and hopefully get a chance to do it again soon yeah it'd be lovely thank you so much for watching or listening till the end of the podcast if you have any follow-up questions or comments please reach out through social media at jmartfit on twitter and instagram or send an email to jmartfit at substack.com Have a good week and till next time.